eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Have you gotten wrong yet? Morning. Afternoon. Evening, brunch time, lunch time. Uh, Heisman Trophy disappointment for Tennessee time. College football playoff disappointment for Tennessee time. Uh, New Year's Six, still still pretty good time. Hoops, hoops going pretty well time. Not all in the world is bad time, but uh, but some things are pretty rough time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the. Go Vols 24-7 podcast, West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a rainy, a chilly, rainy Monday evening here in God's Own Knoxville, Tennessee, just a couple miles away from Neyland Stadium, where, of course, Tennessee is no longer playing this season. The Vols will be back there next season. The Vols' next game will be uh, December 30th, the Orange Bowl. There in Miami against Clemson. Looking forward to that one. Uh, not a college football playoff game, and we didn't think it would be, but nonetheless... Uh, still something to be excited about, I think, uh, as far as non-playoff games go. All non-playoff bowl games are maybe meh, but being in a New Year's Six game is still a big deal. Uh, Heisman Trophy, also a big deal, and that is not going to Hendon Hooker, who will not even be a finalist for the award. That that happened on Monday night, which is why we're releasing this podcast now and not earlier. So we got a lot to talk about, maybe a tiny bit of hoops too, but uh, also mostly probably football in this one. To do that, let's go over to uh, Ben McKee's house, which we still criminally haven't named, and uh, get to the one and the only Ben McKee. Ben, what's up, man? What's up, Wes? How are you? Not bad, not bad. A little. Uh, I think we've reached that time of the year where my voice is just going to be crap, kind of like the winter weather is, so I apologize. Voice is never good, but I think especially now, this time of year, it's just all like nasally, and you know, it's just not... I don't. I don't love winter weather, man. I just don't. I'm. I'm looking forward to being in in Miami. I'll say that much. <laughs> I, I'm with you, and and I'll I'll have somewhat of a extreme this month because this weekend I'll be in, in Philly and Brooklyn, and then I'll be in Miami at the end of the month with with the bipolar Tennessee weather sprinkled in between. I, I'm with you. I, I hate cold weather with an absolute passion so uh, i i look forward to getting down to miami as well even if it is only for a a day or two i'm, I'm sure you and pat will be there longer at least pat will for sure uh, we, we've got some sec basketball to cover before the 
Orange Bowl. So I think my stay will be short, but still excited to get some warm weather this time of year because we do not get warm weather this time of year up here. Yeah, it, it, it's it's complicated for a couple reasons. One is is some of the Tennessee basketball stuff we'll see. Uh, the other one is it it is a a big bowl game as far as non non-playoff bowl games go anyway. It's Tennessee's biggest bowl game, certainly in, what, almost two decades or so. I mean, it's it's, it's been a while. Uh, and also, on top of all that, selfishly, Miami is one of my wife and my favorite – it's one of our favorite cities. And, uh, like, I've been there for – been there several times, went there last for uh, what they call the baby moon, you know, which is the thing where, like, you go on a vacation before the baby's born and, and then you you lose your life for the rest of your life, or at least for 18 years. And so uh, we, we, we did the baby moon there – where when she couldn't partake in beverages, so I, I don't know why she thought that was a good idea for her, but I had fun, and uh, it, it's always good to go down to Miami, know some people down there. It's gonna be gonna be fun. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Tennessee and the bowl game in this episode. Uh, we'll we'll see who's gonna play for Tennessee in that bowl game, and for Clemson for that matter. We'll see who has not gone into the portal and who has not decided to opt out. Um, uh, we're going to have to wait and see on some of that stuff. I think we'll that could change the complexion of that game in a big way. So, so we'll talk about that a, a little bit later in the in the pod. But I, I think we do need to start probably with uh, two quick notes. One, uh, Tennessee basketball up to seventh in the AP poll uh, from thirteenth. So they've gone from twenty second to thirteenth to seventh in just a couple of weeks. So. Big climb there for the Vols as, as they're sort of overcoming uh, now a Santiago Vescovi shoulder situation combined with Josiah Jordan-James knee situation. Uh, and they're they're still navigating this part of the schedule well. A couple huge games coming up. Eastern Kentucky is not one of those. Uh, but after that, uh, they host Eastern Kentucky on Wednesday night and then head to Brooklyn over the weekend where Ben will be to cover that game for us up there against a really, really good Maryland team that's undefeated this season. And then after that, going across the country to play uh, Arizona, a, a, a really good team, top 10 team that probably will want to beat Tennessee after it got uh, whooped up on a little bit in Knoxville last season. So that's going to be a really exciting series stretch there of Tennessee basketball. And then that leads right into SEC play. So wanted to get that out of the way first. We'll have more hoops discussion later in the week, obviously, before all that. Um, but now let's get to the main thing, which is not great news for Tennessee, which is that Hendon Hooker is not a finalist for the Heisman Trophy. The four finalists were announced uh, around 7 o'clock or just before that Eastern on Monday, and they are Caleb Williams of USC, uh, C.J. Stroud of Ohio State, Max Duggan of TCU, and Stetson Bennett IV from Georgia. So maybe the surprise addition, I think it's fair to say. Uh, He was not even the second-team All-SEC quarterback. Hendon Hooker earlier in the day was named AP SEC Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, not not a Heisman finalist though, and Ben, there's a lot of a lot of different kind of stems here to talk about with this thing. I I think it, it's it, it's it's a shame. I, I don't know that it's like a crime, but it's bad. Uh, he should be there in New York. Uh, I don't know why some of the people who vote for this thing are allowed to vote for this thing uh, because, the, in fairness. I've been voting for, I don't know, a little under 10 years maybe. This is by far the toughest it's ever been. And we can't say who we voted for until after the award ceremony itself. So I can't tell you what my ballot was yet. But um, let's let us let's, let's put it this way. I'm surprised my, my ballot uh, and the finalists do not, do not mesh in some ways. Well, the Hinton Hooker should have been a finalist. I, I I don't know that he should have won the award. Agreed. I, I think had had I had a vote 
I I would have strongly considered him for the award, even despite not playing in Tennessee's final game against Vanderbilt. It's Vanderbilt. It's it's not Georgia. It's not Alabama. It's not Florida. And, and I recognize that the the Georgia performance did not go the way of him and Hooker, but just in terms of caliber of opponent. The, the Vanderbilt game was not a brand name type of game for Tennessee. So I, I don't know that that should ding him whatsoever. And in fact, the college football playoff committee wanted to discuss that Tennessee should be dinged for, for not having Hendon Hooker in, in regards to evaluating Tennessee for the playoffs. But yet when it, it comes down to assessing his value to, to Tennessee – that that seems to to hurt Hooker's case when the committee just made the case against Tennessee as a team because of what Hooker's value is to the team. So so that doesn't really add up. But Hooker should have been a, a finalist. I mean, it, it's that simple. And uh, again, I, I'm not dinging him for for not playing against Vanderbilt. I'm I'm not. And and remember, this is an individual award in the sense, at, at least it, it is supposed to be. Although. You see with Stetson Bennett, his teammates helped him become a finalist. C.J. Stroud being the quarterback at Ohio State helped him be uh, a, a finalist. So I, I, I do recognize that there is something to say that, that Tennessee lost to South Carolina, but that wasn't a, a Hendon Hooker issue. Uh, and I kind of bring that up to say that I, I would not hold that against him either because he did play well in that game up until he tore his uh, ACL there early in the the fourth quarter or mid-third quarter. And Tennessee still had a chance to win that game uh, until Hooker tore his ACL. Does the defense get any stops? Probably not. But Tennessee was was somewhat hanging around because of Hendon Hooker's play and and the offense's play. And and then he tears his ACL. He fumbles because of the torn ACL. South Carolina picks it up and and scores, and it it was game from, from that point on. So if Hooker doesn't tear his ACL, doesn't fumble, who knows how that game plays out? I would still think that South Carolina wins because Tennessee couldn't stop a nosebleed that night. But my, my point is that it, it was not a hooker issue against South Carolina. So I'm not holding that against them either. And uh, at, at the end of the day, Wes, just speaking about Hendon, and, and before we dive into to the other finalists, Hendon is the definition of the award this season. The The, the definition is supposedly – that it goes to the most outstanding player in, in all of college football. And was he the most outstanding? I don't know. That you probably need to debate I mean, it more. Jalen Car- Carter might have been the most impressive player in all of college football. I didn't have a vote, so I didn't dive into the numbers like you did. But just kind of looking at things here and there vaguely, you, I'd have to do a, a, a deeper dive to, to see if I would – legitimately vote Hendon as the Heisman, I would certainly consider him. But at the end of the day, he should have been a finalist. That, that's my overall point, is that he is the definition of the most outstanding player in, in college football. Was he the most outstanding? I don't know. Was he one of the four most outstanding players in college football this year? Absolutely. When when you look at his resume in terms of his statistics overall, his statistics against the top defenses in the country, his statistics against the top 25 teams at the end of the season. Uh, and and he willed Tennessee 
to playoff contention and almost to the playoffs had they not lost to South Carolina. So I think he is every essence of the definition of the most outstanding player in college football. And and it, it's really, really bad that, that he's not a finalist and, and headed to New York this Saturday. Well, in breaking down, and again, I'm 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 not going to be able to tell you what the, what the ballot was, um, yeah. But but I I can say this: there are only two players, and I looked into this a lot because this is the hardest that it's ever been. Last year was difficult at times. You know, Bryce Young kind of cleared it up a little bit toward the end, but it it, it it was difficult a little bit at times last year. This year, especially the way it ended, it was just a nightmare. And I can only speak selfishly. Throughout the season, I I, I this was the first time Tennessee had had a player who was potentially a candidate for the award since I've been voting for it. So that made me really nervous all season. Like it, it, these things in your head, like I'm just going to do what I think is right. But at the end of the day, Tennessee fans are going to hate you if you don't <laughs> forever, if you don't put you know a guy on the ballot or, or you know, first even. And, and then secondly, if you, if you don't do it, are you a hater? If you do it, are you a homer? Like it, it, it's, it, it's tough because you can't win. And that's why I, I, I don't know how some of these guys who vote for this award every year and they cover teams who like frequently have candidates. I don't know how they handle it because it's internally just a nightmare to deal with because this is, you know, the biggest award in college football. You want to make sure you're being fair by everybody. And it, 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 it just kind of plays with you. But the, the, the two guys who I think, and I looked at the numbers really closely, watched as much as I could this year. There were two guys who, if you said they win the award and Hendon Hooker doesn't, that's okay. And that's Caleb Williams and that's Max Duggan. Those are the two guys who, if you want to break down the totality of the season, what they did, who they did it against, those are the two guys. Now, if you're talking about best player, Bryce Young. But you know he he team lost a couple games and 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 didn't win didn't beat good teams so it it was just you know he missed some time too it's just hard to kind of put him there now in terms of if you give me a pick of anybody I want in the country at quarterback I'm taking Bryce Young every time with that pick um, and and Caleb Williams probably second but I, I think Williams to me it's like he lost the award Friday and then maybe won it back because. Nobody else took advantage of an opportunity the next day. So it, it was a weird, weird weekend. But those were the two guys who, if you say they win the award and Hendon, Hendon Hooker doesn't, I think, okay, that's fair. I don't think anybody else deserved to be placed ahead of him. Now, there, you, you could make an argument, certainly for Stroud. His number, you know, he played three ranked teams, lost, got curb stomped by one of them at home. I, you know, it, the numbers were good throughout the year. They didn't really play anybody that, that all. So I, I, I'm not – wasn't that wild. I mean, you you can't – say what you will about Hooker. He, he didn't get embarrassed on his home field. He just he just didn't. So I, I think that and, – and Stroud threw two picks in that game. So to, to me, Bennett is a couple of things. First off, I think Bennett has been criminally underrated for most of his career. And I, I think that he is an inspirational, awesome story for kids out there to say, you know what, chase your dreams. This kid may be five foot ten. He's not the most athletic guy, but he's athletic enough. He he doesn't have the biggest arm, but he can make the throws he needs to. He's just a good football player. And I think he's been underrated for most of his career. But that doesn't mean that he should be a Heisman Trophy finalist. Nothing about he just it didn't jump off the page at me as, hey, this guy should be a Heisman Trophy. He's not the best offensive player on his team. 
Like Brock Bowers is the best offensive player on his team. And there's a lot of guys on that offense more talented than him. And, and he gets also gets to play with the best defense in the country by a landslide. Like there's a lot of things built in that he, he has the advantage with. And I think at the end of the day, a lot of people just said, you know what, this is a quarterback on the number one team in the country. He won the title last year. He hasn't lost this year. I'm just going to go with him. And I think it's a little bit lazy and it's disappointing. Um, because I, I say this, I, I got family from near where his family is down there in South Georgia, Wayne County. And I, I, the good people, it's an awesome story. It's an awesome story, Ben. It really is. But he should not be in New York over Hendon Hooker. He, he just shouldn't like if I'm Hendon Hooker or I'm Bryce Young and I'm looking at Stetson Bennett being there, I'm like, what the hell? It just doesn't, it doesn't add up for me. And that, that's what's disappointing about it is, is it feels like when you look across the country, and if you just go into Twitter and search Hennon Hooker's name, you will see the number of like people who move the needle in college athletics, like the the media wise. Almost so many of them are are sitting there saying, and these people across the country saying, "How the hell is Hennon Hooker not there?" And it makes me wonder if all these people who are the real needle movers, if they see this, how does nobody else see it? That that's the weird part to me is that. I don't know why you can vote before championship weekend starts. That's a, se- a separate topic. But it, it's just, uh, this was the hardest year I can remember with voting, but that doesn't mean that that we collectively as a media got this right because I don't think we did. Right, and Hendon Hooker should be there over... Yeah, he shouldn't win the award. Bennett, but, but, I, but I think Hendon Hooker should be there. The, the, to me... I, I think the the outrage is misplaced. I, I, I think Hendon Hooker should be there just about over every quarterback. And, and in fact, that probably speaks to the to the case that he should win the Heisman this year. And he's not even going, which makes it even more ludicrous. Because if you do look at what Stetson Bennett did against teams in the AP Top 25 at the end of the season, his numbers were as good as anybody's that is headed to New York, including Hendon Hooker. His numbers were far better than Max Duggins. They were far better than C.J. Strouds, and they were right there neck and neck with Caleb Williams and Hendon Hooker. He threw for 1,400 yards, 13 touchdowns to two interceptions, had the best QBR by 30 points, 20 points, over the rest of the four, had four rushing touchdowns, which was tied with Caleb Williams for most, and he won all five of those games and is the leader of – the best team in college football and he had the best completion percentage and I, I know that he has a ton of talent around him I, I am somebody who has discredited Stetson because of the talent around him I, I don't know that he's as good as you would think the quarterback for what might be the eventual back-to-back national champion would be I, I don't think that he's that he, he's not a Bryce Young type. He he is not a Tua Tungavailoa or Trevor Lawrence or or Deshaun Watson type. He he's not. Um, but he is better than people want to give him credit for. And yes. I, and I think that this is uh, another example of that. And and I you know I kind of had the thought to myself earlier tonight, uh, and, and it was more of an emotional thought. Now now that I kind of see some numbers and and think about it even more, but. I kind of thought that Max Duggan, if I had a vote, might get my vote just because he he led the least talented team to the playoffs uh, and a Big 12 championship. And, and it was against a strong schedule. But then you kind of look at the numbers 
and he didn't even complete 60% of his passes in three games against AP top 25 teams. He threw for 655 yards, whereas Bennett threw for 1,400. Caleb Williams threw for 1,600. Hendon threw for 1,000. And C.J. Stroud was almost at 1,000. He only threw for five touchdown passes when Bennett, Williams, and Hooker were in double digits. His QBR was the lowest of the five, and he had one rushing touchdown. So so really the thing with Duggan is the fact that he's the quarterback of the Cinderella team. It's not necessarily that his stats are just by far better than everybody's. And and that that's that's kind of my take on it, is that Hendon should be there just about over everybody. Uh, maybe Caleb Williams is is the lone argument. Uh, and I, I say that from a statistical standpoint. When looking at it statistically, Hendon should be there. I'll say over everybody that is going. Because even Caleb Williams did not play the competition that Hendon played this season. But you do also have to factor in, okay, but what did the team do? Well, Max Duggan led his team to the playoffs. And his team is the, the, the least talented team in the playoffs and, and the least talented team that was in contention for the playoffs. C.J. Stroud, I, I, I definitely don't think C.J. Stroud should be there. I would, I would have voted for Hendon over C.J. just because I, I do think C.J., was a little underwhelming at times. And I, I don't know that it was necessarily a C.J. Stroud issue. That Ohio State offense had some receivers banged up at times, running backs banged up at times. They, they played in some bad weather at times. It, it just seemed kind of like what could go wrong for Ohio State's offense at times did go wrong. Uh, and and then they no-showed at home in the biggest game of the year in, in a game to where Ohio State and Michigan are equally talented, whereas Tennessee, Georgia – there's a gap between Tennessee and Georgia. There's not a gap between Ohio State and Michigan. And Ohio State no-showed worse than, than Tennessee or, or, or right there with Tennessee. So I, I I understand the frustration with Stetson Bennett. But when you look at what he did against the AP Top 25 team, I, I kind of think the outrage is a, a little misguided. Hendon should have been there. I, I don't know that Stetson should be the one that is the, the scapegoat, so to say. No, but I think he's the one that surprised people, the most people that he was there, and that maybe is where it's coming well, maybe from. Maybe we should have done a better job of talking about him and I, recognizing no, I, I what said, he's doing against these teams. I said that Stetson Bennett has been underrated for most of his career, and I think there's been an overcorrection now to make him a Heisman Trophy finalist. I don't I don't I don't think it's wrong that he's there necessarily, but but I don't think it's he shouldn't be there above Hendon Hooker, I don't think. I, I think no I think Caleb Williams if you you watch the games this year, and and you know we're we're I don't know if you want to call it blessed or not, but those of us in the East Coast, we who cover college football, we get to watch sometimes more of the West Coast teams than other East Coast teams because like after the, the we get done working and writing for the day, like the West Coast games are the ones that are still on, so we get to see them a little bit more sometimes. And they also got some Friday night games and other things, and and so. He's just remarkable. I, if you, I mean, I, if you want to say he's the Heisman winner, I got no problem with that. I, I, he did lose twice to the same team, but you know what? He was out there on one freaking leg in that game. I, I, I whatever. Um, and and Duggan, I think he wasn't even a starter going into the season. Quickly became the starter, and then became an awesome story. And the numbers themselves are pretty good. And I got no problem if you wanted to say. He is the Heisman Trophy winner over Hendon Hooker. I got no problem with that. Anybody else, I would say, no, we we do not agree. Uh, I, I I don't think that was 
the right call. But what I think it it, it, it is, before we go to break, I'll say this, Ben, I, I think it's indicative of if you look at the past couple of weeks in general, right? I got two thoughts on it. One, uh, boy, that game at South Carolina might have been as detrimental to a single season in so many ways, more than just about anything I can remember. Uh, when you think of everything that was taken away because of that all-time epically bad defensive performance that night in Columbia, how much that co- – and that should be the focus. If I'm Tennessee, I take that score and I Xerox it, I, I copy it, and I paste it all over the complex. Everywhere those guys go all summer, I want them to see that. I'd put the highlights on a loop inside the building, except for when recruits are there. I would put them there when it's just the team all the time. And I, I mean, I'd put it in the urinal. I put it above, like I put, put it on the urinal cakes, put it on the little paper things above it, you know, put it in the bathroom, like on the mirrors, put it everywhere because everyone in that program needs to understand what the slightest bit of complacency can do when you are trying to compete for a championship, what it can do to you, how much it can wreck everything that you work for. That's number one. Number two is Tennessee is getting zero benefit of the doubt in any of these awards. They're they're not getting – I mean, it's not going to surprise me if Harrison wins the Bolitnikoff over Hyatt, which would be a certifiable joke if that were to happen. Um, But when you look at the rankings, Tennessee being sixth and not fifth, which, again, neither way, you're you're not playing for the CFP, so does it really matter? But still, Bama being ranked ahead of them and then – this with Hendon Hooker and the Heisman, and then maybe what's going to happen with Hyatt here in a, in a few days, we'll see. All of that is a sign. It is a crystal clear 72-point font neon sign saying, Tennessee, you do not have our respect yet. You have to keep winning. You are not relevant. You do not matter. You do not impress us. You are not getting the benefit of the doubt. You can't just come up here in one season and have a couple nice wins and we're going to all of a sudden start respecting you. They got a hell of a lot more work to do before people start respecting them on a national level, and I think that's pretty clear. Well, I I would push back a little bit and say that push back a little bit and say that I do think Tennessee is is respected in sense in the sense that a lot of people are very impressed uh with with what Tennessee did this season. Um, I mean, they won 10 games and are going to the Orange Bowl and and the win over Alabama. It, it was it was discussed a lot that weekend, and and it's been discussed a, a lot since. And everybody raves about Hendon Hooker. Everybody's raved uh, about Josh Heupel. E- even even the people that that Tennessee fans think and are probably probably correct in thinking that they hate Tennessee. Uh, e- even those people uh, have, have been very complimentary of Josh Heupel and Jalen Hyatt and 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 Hendon Hooker and and the quick turnaround and Alex Golish and and so on and so forth. I think the difference is when when Tennessee gets into these conversations with the Alabamas of the world and the Ohio States of the world, the, these teams that have have had success practically every season. That that's when Tennessee does not get the benefit of the doubt. Uh, even Clemson, uh, as well, you you see Tennessee drop five spots after losing to South Carolina. Clemson turns around the next week and loses to them at home and only drops one spot. Uh, so I. I I do think Tennessee is respected and people are very impressed with what Tennessee did this season, especially given where the program was a year and a half ago. And it's just Josh Heupel's second season, but they're not going to get the benefit of the doubt and they're not going to get the same respect when they're in the, 
the same conversations with the Alabamas and Ohio States and Clemsons and even Michigan. So those type of uh, teams, team, teams that have had success over the last decade or, or two, that that's where Tennessee is really going to have to step up and, and prove itself. So it, it'll be interesting to see how the next week or so week or so plays out because of all of these awards are going to start to trickle out. Uh, I, I actually think that it's more of a crime for Hendon Hooker not to go to New York and be a Heisman finalist than it would be for Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, to to win the Bolitnikoff because I, I honestly I I won't have a major issue if Marvin Harrison Jr. wins the award because it brings into the it brings in the conversation of are you going to go with the statistics or are you going to go with the the best receiver in college football statistically. That would tell you that Jalen Hyatt is the best receiver in college football because he had far more yards, he had far more touchdowns uh, in totality on the season and also against better competition. But Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to go much higher probably. I I don't know about much higher, but he will go higher than Jalen Hyatt in the NFL draft. So will Bryce Young. I think – correct. Well, and and I also think that – I agree with what you said earlier about Bryce Young he's the best quarterback in college football. It's it's just that his team around him was not good at all this year. And you take Bryce Young off of that Alabama team and they win seven or eight games as crazy as that sounds. I, I, I think Bryce Young and Hendon Hooker were the two most important players in all of college football this season. When, when you look at what they meant to their team uh, and maybe Max Duggan is in that conversation as well. And then, and, and Caleb Williams, because USC's defense is, is poo poo and uh, looked a whole lot whole lot like Lincoln Riley's defenses uh, at Oklahoma. Uh, and again, I'm not saying that Marvin Harrison Jr. should should win the award. I'm just saying I, I, I do think it brings in a fascinating conversation because Jalen absolutely has the better statistics overall, better statistics uh, against better teams. But Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be drafted higher. And I, I do think that uh, a lot of coaches around the country, if, if they were drafting receivers to be on their team, much like the NFL, I think they would take Marvin Harrison before they they took Jalen Hyatt. Um, and, and again, that that is meant to be no disrespect to Jalen. I just think that is a fascinating conversation uh, and a fair one, quite frankly, uh, because know, Marvin I mean, Harrison Jr. is arguably the the best. You, you're not listening to me because you were texting. Statistically, Jalen Hyatt. No, I, I heard, I heard, I heard every bit of it, and that was a text I had to respond to. By the way, that was an important one. But I'm sorry. I know. I'm just picking on you. I'm just picking on you. No, but that was one of the, one of the people, Mark, that was one I of the people that, that was one of the people that if you don't text back immediately, then you know you got you got to text them back. But go ahead. <laughs> AKA, it was the wife. No, I'm kidding. Oh no, um, no, 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 no. I, I, I can, I can ignore her. Saying, I'll ignore her. It's whatever. I'll let you tell her that. But yeah, I just think it'll be a fascinating conversation. That's all. And and, and again, my original point was I think it's more egregious that that Hendon's not going to New York than maybe Hyatt not winning the the Bolitnikov because I, I think. Hooker undoubtedly should should have been in New York. And I, I think even with the way Tennessee's season played out, I think still he maybe should have won the Heisman because I, I do think that, like I said earlier, he is the the definition of the award. And you're, you're spot on, Wes, when, when you say that that South Carolina game, uh, it, it really did turn the season on, on its head uh, in terms of what all there was to play for and in terms of, the Heisman was on the line for Hendon. Uh, the college football playoffs were on the line for for Tennessee, and I think that brings up another fascinating conversation as well. Because if if you would have 
told everybody before the season that Tennessee was going 10 and two and oh, yeah. to the orange bowl and Hendon was going to be snubbed of going to, to New York as a Heisman finalist. Everybody signs up for that in a heartbeat. So it, it that, that brings in the age old conversation of expectations changing over the course of the season. Once you realize that the team is, is better than, than what you thought, but, but they absolutely pissed away uh, a lot uh, in, in that South Carolina matchup because they got complacent, like you like you mentioned, and and that's just something that this program is is going to have to to recognize. And I do think they did recognize. You saw that in the Vanderbilt performance, and, and they'll just have to to learn and, and make adjustments moving forward and make sure that doesn't happen in the future. Yeah, we're we're way overdue for a break, so I'll just say this before we go to break. My my point with with Harrison and Hyatt was that when the statistics are so greatly different. Uh, like against ranked teams this season, this is against ranked teams. Harrison, 361 yards, one touchdown. Hyatt, 602 yards, nine touchdowns against ranked teams. I mean, to, I, I mean that, that, me that, make, that that's such yes. a drastic difference that I think um, it, it's, to me, it's no, it, it, it's no contest. Like, I think that's why I say, like, I understand if someone not named Hendon Hooker wins the Heisman Trophy. And if it's a couple guys, I think they fairly deserve it. No one deserves, but Jalen Hyatt deserves to win the Bolitnikoff. It should not be close. I think, but I, I would vote for Jalen Hyatt. Let me make that clear. I just, I, I personally would not have an issue with Marvin Harrison Jr. winning it because I do think that he is arguably the best receiver in, in all of college football. Well, I, I would not have a problem with it, but Jalen Hyatt would get my vote because like you pointed out the, the statistics say that Jalen Hyatt should win. It just brings into that old age conversation of, are, are we looking at the, the statistics or the best player for this particular award, whatever the criteria is, what what are we looking at? The best player or, or the the best stats? And I, again, I would vote for Jalen Hyatt because he the statistics do say that he was overwhelmingly better this year, especially when you look at what he did against better competition. Yep, that's uh, it's interesting, and I'd say this: nobody at Tennessee now expects Jalen Hyatt to. After Hooker did not get a, 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 an invite to, to New York, I can already tell you the number of people I've already heard from me said, "Nope, the, the, why even look now? It's not happening." So we we Just add it to see. the list. Add it to the list. Add it to the list. But you know what else is on the list is Clemson. Tennessee will be playing uh, Clemson in just what's going to be the most punishly terrible. Just so many bad puns in this Orange Bowl with Tennessee and Clemson. It's just, oof, it's going to be bad. But we need to discuss that because this is still a big deal for Tennessee. So uh, we're going to step away, pay some bills, listen to product services, in-house ads, etc. Then we'll be right back here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Money! Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky 
co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ben McKee coming to you from his house here on a Monday night talking Tennessee football primarily in this episode. Uh, and, and a lot of it maybe not pleasant Tennessee football news to to this point. Uh, you know, it's uh, you know, Hendon Hooker's not a not a Heisman finalist. Obviously, the ball is not in the college football playoff. And offensive coordinator Alex Golish is going to USF, which good for him. Uh, that's really good news uh, for him. And I think it shows where Tennessee is as a program now that things like that are happening. Uh, I've said this for many years. If nobody wants your coaches, your coaches suck. That's one of my rules in uh, in college football and in business, right? Like, uh, you know, if nobody if nobody wants your guys, your your guys suck. They're not worth having. So. Lots more to discuss in this episode. We're going to get into the Orange Bowl a little bit more now, talk about Dabo and flipping burgers and all that good stuff. Before we do that, though, just a quick uh, request from our end. If you could take about a minute out of your day, let's say 60 seconds, 75 seconds, maybe 90 seconds tops, go in there and subscribe to this podcast and rate and review this podcast, we sure would appreciate it. If, if you're just listening on the website at GoVoss247.com, absolutely fine. We love you. There's no wrong way to consume this podcast. What helps us out the most, though, is if you go in there, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world, Amazon, anywhere in the world, you can cast a fine pod. You can find the GoVoss 24-7 podcast. We do this for free, and we're happy to do it. It's a labor of love, but since I think we're doing this for free, I don't think it's too much to ask to go in there, rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. Tell people that you see uh, at church. Tell people that you see on the golf course. Tell people you see tailgating. Tell people you see out around town. You're sitting next to somebody at a game. Tell them, hey, man, we're obviously here in this arena or the stadium together. We both love the Vols. Why don't you listen to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast? Tell people you see out in town. You're, 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 you're taking the 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 lovely lady or you know the your 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 lovely husband or whoever you're taking out there uh you're for a day on the town you see people wearing orange tell them hey hey there's there's Tennessee fans let's tell them to listen to this podcast if you're doing all those things thank you we love you and if not i award you no points and may god have mercy on your soul ben back to business after i add a quick reminder that uh, or quick shout out to all the people who have been coming up to us recently and telling us that they are listening to the podcast. We hear you. We 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 love to see it. We love to hear it. We love that you're telling people. We love that you are out there spreading the good word. Uh, and, and if you're coming up to us at, at games and telling us uh, thank you, we love that. But you know what? Also go keep telling other people too. That That's what keeps this thing growing. And I, I can't give away our numbers, but I can tell you this. They have been fantastic. This thing is going, it's going up. It's going up. Although I, I kind of made the sound of a bomb going down. I don't know what the sound of a rocket going up would be differently, but that's what's happening right now. This has been a rocket ship, and thank you to everyone who is making that happen. Ben, this this game coming up for Tennessee, and, and this is maybe the classic oh-so-Tennessee kind of moment. Clemson looks like it finally figured out who to play at quarterback. It only took Clemson about 11 or 12 games to do that, um, but now 
Uh, Clemson's playing, uh, not DJ. He's in the portal like everyone else in the world. They, they're, they're, they're playing the, the Kluber kid. He can play. He, he looks good. Uh, Clemson got its head um, kind of out of its backside there and, and, and kind of handled North Carolina down the stretch impressively there in the ACC championship game, did a good job against a really good North Carolina offense. And with Tennessee now, we have to wait and see who's going to play in this game. Obviously, we know Hendon Hooker's not. Um, but there's a couple other Tennessee players who could be opting out of this thing, and we'll see if it's the same thing with Clemson. So if this becomes a battle of attrition in terms of which team has more depth to upset the guys who are going to opt out or go into the portal, I, I would like Clemson's chances in that matchup, just to be frank. And, and I think Clemson playing the quarterback it is now makes this something closer to the Clemson team people thought this would be early in the season. What I'm trying to say here is, Ben, I I don't know that I love this matchup for Tennessee, but you know you got to go out there and play the game. Maybe we'll see. Right, and I I think it's going to be so determined on who sits out, who doesn't sit out, and and I mean that's what all bowl games are, are going to boil down to nowadays. I, I do think Tennessee, I do think that favors Tennessee in terms of opt outs, whether it be for for the NFL draft or or, or for transfers. I think it favors Tennessee because Clemson is an established program and it's a disappointment that they're playing in the Orange Bowl. I know Dabo um, tried to say otherwise earlier this week or or just yesterday on the Orange Bowl press conference uh, saying that that it's a big accomplishment. And it is for sure that even Clemson is playing in the Orange Bowl, but this is a team that right now is expected to go play in the college football playoffs every single year. Uh, and they, they were not able to do that because it, it appears that Dabo was too loyal to D, to DJ Ui Ungalale throughout the season. And that cost them in, in two games. So uh, I, I do think it favors Tennessee from the whole opt out standpoint, which and, as and, we've and, seen and the last defense, year or two, Clemson's defense might have all those guys opt out. We'll see. Yeah, Exactly. Uh, as we've seen the last two years, the the team that typically has fewer opt-outs is, is the team that wins, uh, especially when you talk about the Clemsons and the Alabamas of the world, the, the LSUs, the, these teams that are championship or bust, playoff or bust. When when they don't make the playoffs, they have a lot of guys opt out. They, they do. They have a lot of guys opt out and, and go to the, to the NFL draft because they have a lot of first, second round draft picks that that don't want to risk injury. That That's just is what it is. Just like I'd be surprised if Bryce Young plays in the Sugar Bowl for, for Alabama. I, I'd be very surprised uh, to where even if Hendon were healthy, I, I would be very surprised if Hendon did not play in the bowl game. If, if he said, no, nah, I'm going to opt out. That, that would be very surprising because I don't think that's in Hendon's personality. And I just don't think that there are a lot of those type of guys that, that are going to opt out on this year's team uh, for Tennessee. You, you look at a Cedric Tillman, and I would be very, very surprised if he played in the bowl game. But like Alante Taylor last year, Tillman has a legitimate reason. He, he's struggled to stay healthy. He does not need to play in the bowl game. As unfortunate as it is, he, he struggled to get that ankle right this year, and he is a potential high NFL draft pick, and, and he does need to look out for his best interest. Um, because although this is an important game, this, this is a game that in terms of what, what you can do from it, it, 
all, all it's going to do is set you up for a lot of hype going into next season. Uh, that, that's really all you can can win from. But yeah, you can get 11 wins and, and win the Orange Bowl and, and you beat Clemson. But you, you're talking about Cedric Tillman's future as well. And, and that's really the only situation on the team that I, I see in terms of a guy just not playing in this game. Um, maybe somebody else decides to. Um, but but you look at the seniors like Jerome Carvin. I don't I don't see him sitting out. I don't I don't see Darnell Wright sitting out. Uh, they're, they're veterans. They, they've seen this through. I think they want to play. And, and also, I, I think it would benefit Darnell Wright and his draft stock to go up against Clemson's defensive front. It, it would benefit Jerome Carvin. Uh, and so I, I don't see Tennessee having opt outs un, unless it's a guy like Cedric Tillman who who has struggled to stay healthy this year or or is truly dealing with an injury, whereas on the other side of that, Wes, Clemson's going to have a lot of ton or have a lot of first, second, third round picks in this NFL draft uh, to where in terms of their individual interests, the best thing for them is is to not play in this game. So just kind of looking at where Tennessee is as a program and and where Clemson is and and the fact that it's established, I think the whole opt-out situation favors Tennessee because I don't see a lot of that happening for Tennessee, and I do see that happening for Clemson, and as we've seen the last two years or so, the the, the opt out situation plays a heavy role in who wins the football game. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any chance that I, I would be shocked if Carvin decided not to play. But but with Darnell Wright, what I think makes it interesting is he's put together a hell of a season at right tackle, and he I don't know if dominated's the right word, but he came the closest that anyone's going to really come to dominating Will Anderson, and he's got that on tape. So if he goes out there against Clemson and it doesn't go as as well, maybe he's hurt his stock in some way. So I I don't know. Maybe if if, I, if I'm Darnell Wright, I at least have to think about it. And if I'm Jalen Hyatt, I probably think about it too, um, because in, in you know the argument is Jalen Hyatt still has a chance to go out there and, and set a, a record for Tennessee most yards in history. I don't know. I don't know if that's going to matter to him, but maybe it will. Uh, the other thing is, uh, we all talked about going into the week, South Carolina, how much he wanted so badly to just put up huge numbers in that game. And everyone on both sides was sure that he would, and he didn't. Uh, and now he gets a chance against Clemson to maybe do that where he couldn't do that against um, South Carolina. I don't know if that factors into it. Also, at the end of the day, He's still not the biggest guy in the world, and uh, one bad shot could take away a lot of stuff for him. So uh, I, I don't know if I'm him. I think about it too. But in most of those cases, I think, um, and I say this as someone who never cares if anyone opts out of a bowl game because at that point, if you're that close to the draft, man, it's just one more game. What's the risk? Like, nah, I, I, it, it doesn't offend me. Now, if it's a playoff game or something, well, you can go to hell for that. But I mean, if it's if it's not, we gotta you gotta really talk about risk reward here. And what you owe your teammates is one thing, but your teammates are gonna understand this. You know, they're they're gonna understand like they want you to play because it's gonna help them win and maybe help them look good too. But at the end of the day, they're gonna understand. Your coaches are probably gonna understand. Um, I would I think it's fair to think about. It. Now I know a lot of old school people just refuse to, to, to think about it that way, that's fine. I, 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 I can't say you're wrong. I just, it does not bother me whatsoever when anyone opts out of a ball game. And if I'm Tennessee, there's a couple of guys who I think should at least think about it. Uh, now, if they want to play, good for them, man. You're competitive, that's awesome. Um, but 
I think that'll be interesting because Clemson could be in a situation where a bunch of those guys on that defense don't want to, or they opt out maybe for this game. Uh, they think, you know what, we've been dominant for most of this season. We, we know we're going to be picked high. What's the point in us playing against a really good offense that maybe has a chance of making us look bad uh, in some cases? I don't know if I want to do this, um, and I don't want to get hurt. Now you've got also all those kids that are really talented on that team who will get a chance and will be hungry, and Clemson, no one needs to a reminder of how well they've recruited for the past several years. They're going to have guys. So that, to me, is what's really interesting is – that I think it's it's so funny because you and I are looking at the exact same set of circumstances and maybe coming to different conclusions about it because I, I I think it could hurt Tennessee. Um, but uh, I, I will say this too: if what happened in that South Carolina game and everything it cost you does not move the needle for this team in terms of how every single game is an opportunity where you can do so many things and also have so many things go against you and how badly it can hurt you. No one in this program should take anything for granted from this point forward if they were a part of that game that night. If they were on the team, if they were in there, if they were in Columbia that night, nothing that happens the rest of their football career, they should never, ever take anything for granted again. It just if, if, If that does happen, then that guy is either ignorant to the point where he's helpless or he's an a-hole because those are the only two things that would make you that that that, that would do that for me i i think i, I just I, I think that these guys still have a lot to prove and if they don't know that they've not been paying attention because this game against that kind of opponent is an opportunity for you to say you know what guys we're still here yeah, and, and you look at Jalen Hyatt, and I think there's a chance for him to 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 really improve his draft stock uh, against a a talented Clemson secondary. You've already seen him uh, be start to mention late first round pick. I saw one the other day that had him going last in the first round to the Kansas City Chiefs, and, and how fun would it be to watch Mahomes and, and Hyatt play together? So, so you're already starting to see Hyatt be mentioned as a second round late first round pick if, if he goes out there and, and balls out against that Clemson secondary when Tennessee's the the only college football game on that night in the Orange Bowl against Clemson I, I think that would he's already skyrocketed his draft stock all season long but it would skyrocket even more with, with a big performance uh, against Clemson and uh, again I, I may be completely off base, but just being around the players all year long and, and even the last couple of years, when you look at Jerome Carvin and Darnell Wright and, and Jalen Hyatt, they, they just don't strike me as guys to, to sit out of a bowl game uh, to preserve their, their draft stock. They, they just don't. They, they, they have proven that, that they're all about their teammates and, and doing what is best for the team. I, I think the one – that that wouldn't surprise me would be Hyatt just because uh, his, his draft stock seems to to be the highest. It, it seems like he would have the most uh, to to lose out of those guys that I just mentioned. Uh, because I, I kind of think that just off the top of my head, th- those are the guys to pay attention to. Because I don't expect Cedric Tillman to play. Brew McCoy is going to be back next year, so if he's healthy, uh, he he was dealing with somewhat of an abdominal injury uh, against Vanderbilt. If if he's healthy enough to play he's going to play because he's back next year I, I I don't unless I'm just forgetting somebody I, I don't 
I can't think of any seniors that that could potentially not play. I mean, I guess Jeremy Banks, you, you never know with him. I, I would be stunned if he's back next season. I would be uh, and, I would and be he probably shocked. thinks he's he probably thinks he's good enough to, to where he can sit out of a bowl game. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. Uh, there, there's obviously nobody in the secondary that's good enough to to opt out of a, a bowl game. Uh, and, and up front defensively, you're losing a couple of veterans. But uh, again, they, they're not anybody that needs to be sitting out of a bowl game because of their draft stock. So I think the, the, the three are Carvin, Wright, and Hyatt. I think the most likely guy to sit out would be Hyatt because he has the highest draft stock. Um, but again, just just listening to their comments throughout the year and, and even last year, after all the transfers, uh, once Hypo was, was hired, they, they they've not hidden their feelings in terms of why they stayed and and why they're gutting it out. Uh, but as, aside from the opt outs, I, again, as I mentioned several times, I, I think that will play a heavy role in the football game. It'll play a heavy role in, in all of bowl season. But aside from Trent guys transferring or, or guys opting out because of the NFL draft, it's going to come down to quarterback play for, for both teams. Uh, Kate Klubnick, I mean, he looked awesome against North Carolina this past weekend in the ACC championship game. And I know that North Carolina's secondary is not good. Their, their defense is, is not good, but uh, Tennessee's secondary also not good, yeah. not, not even close to good. So uh, I, I, I know People were commenting over the weekend and saying, oh, North Carolina secondary isn't very good. Well, Tennessee secondary is <laughs> is just as bad as North Carolina. So uh, we'll see how he plays. Again, not a ton of experience. I, I do think Tennessee at least has a couple of games under its belt to where it's performed somewhat well in the secondary. So who knows? Maybe maybe they can do some things and, and scheme up some things to confuse a young quarterback. And, and then obviously it's going to come down to how well Joe Milton plays. Uh, Joe Milton's going to have to have uh, a big game, uh, likely without Cedric Tillman, possibly out Cedric Tillman and Jalen Hyatt, and that leaves you with Brew McCoy. And apparently, they're comfortable enough with Squirrel White because he he received approximately sixty nine targets uh, yeah. against uh, Vanderbilt nice. in, in that final regular season game. Uh, they Ramel Keaton's had a nice season, so they'll still have some weapons. But uh, aside from the opt-outs, it's it's going to come down to quarterback play. Uh, if, if Tennessee is going to beat Clemson, Joe Milton is going to have to play well, and they're going to have to run the ball as well. Yeah, and it comes down to in these bowl games, it comes down to really motivation. Who's who's more excited to be there is also a huge factor, and who's going to be more focused. And I think that's going to be Tennessee. I, I think I just I never know with Clemson because that's such a they're a different breed over there. They just kind of are. They're they're kind of insulated. They're kind of in their own little world. They don't get, you know, they they, they they've got their own kind of deal there. They're a different kind, and so I, I don't know. I, I don't know how many of those guys will play or will not play. I think Paxton Brooks for Tennessee probably will play. I think I can safely say that. Uh, the I don't think the punter will be opting out. Um, but but I do think uh, I will say in seriousness though I I think Byron Young probably would play but he would be maybe a name to keep. I should have mentioned him earlier. Um, yeah, I, I, he's also I a South you know he, you know a South Carolina guy so maybe 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 he says you know I, I think don't he play. needs to play. I think he needs to play. I, I think he's had an inconsistent season. I, I think he's been fine. I, I think he put together a, a nice year. But I, I think he could have been more consistent at times. Obviously, he played well enough to earn a, a senior bowl invite. He's going to be a draft pick. So I'm not trying to say that he did not play well this year. But I, I think he's somebody that needs to play to to try and improve his draft stock. 
And, and I think that the bowl games, uh, you usually have more to to win than to lose. I don't think it really, like, did it hurt Tennessee at all that it kind of lost in controversial circumstances to Purdue last year in the Music City Bowl? No, it, it didn't. But, you know, you can, you, you can help a program, you know, at least perception-wise in a game like this. Uh, I think maybe Tennessee with the Cotton Bowl years ago, and then that leading to the disaster the next year, it, it doesn't it doesn't mean that you're going to capitalize on it, but it gives you a chance for perception, uh, for recruiting, for other things to go out there and do that. And and so I I, I think we'll we'll, we'll see. I, I think Tennessee should not be hurting for motivation right now. Uh, now what it does with that, I, I don't know because at the end of the day, these are kids, and we don't know what kids are going to do. But if I am in the Tennessee program as either a a player or a coach, I, I would be highly motivated by the past few weeks to go out there and not put on a dud with the nation watching on December 30th. That that would be important to me. So I, I think we'll see and and we'll we'll also see what's going on with the with the offense. I I mean Josh Heupel's offensive coordinator, but 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 you know who who's gonna how are they going to, you know, play call plays and how are they going to change all that? We'll see. Who are they going to hire for that in the long run? We'll see. We'll have more episodes about that later on, obviously, as that whole thing unfolds. But um, it's interesting because this has been a really good year overall for Tennessee. Um, but the the way that it's ended kind of shows you the difference in what's really good and what's championship quality. So we'll see if Tennessee can start putting steps toward being championship quality because you, you know what it, it's you're you're very good congratulations you have had a very good year you are not a champion you you are not an sec champion you're not going to be the national champion um you know your guy's not going to win the heisman you, you you had a good year you took a huge step forward tip of the cap for that but you still got a hell of a lot of work to do and if you really want to be a champion now you see the level now you see how close the margins are and i think it's interesting to see how they handle it i really do I, I hope this doesn't sound too participation trophy <laughs> Um But I, if you go out there and beat Clemson to end the season in the Orange Bowl and and win your 11th game, I mean, that that's about as, as good as you can get. That That is as good as you can get without winning an SEC championship or, or without making the college football playoffs. Not, not necessarily trying to say that that replaces it because it absolutely does not, but that that's a a nice trophy to take home if you're not going to go play in the SEC championship game or not go play in the college football playoffs. That that's as good as it gets. Eleven wins, beating Clemson in, in the Orange Bowl in, in year two, uh, because it, this is still going to be a, a big challenge, and we'll see how our thoughts on the game changes over the next month. Again, uh, it's it's going to be hard to evaluate uh, this football game re- really up until the day or two before kickoff. Uh, because we, we don't know the, the injury situations for, for either team. Uh, we don't know the opt-out situations for, for either team. So th- this is going to be a, a hard football game to evaluate on paper, uh, because like Wes said, the, these games are, are, are so dependent on, on motivation and who has more motivation. I personally think that, that Tennessee will have more motivation because of where it is at under Josh Heupel compared to where Clemson is at. Clemson, a much more established uh, program. And like I said earlier, it, it's a failed season because they did not make the playoffs. I, I don't necessarily think that they're, they're going to have the same motivation or, or desire to go out and, and win this game like Tennessee will. Be, because Tennessee, uh, although it's disappointing that they weren't able to make it to Atlanta or the playoffs, 
it's not viewed as a disappointing season or a, a failure of a season like it is over in Clemson, South Carolina. So I, I would like to think that Tennessee's uh, going to have the edge in, in terms of, of motivation. But the, the point that I was getting to is, is that even if Clemson has some, some key opt-outs, and, and even though it, it has a very young quarterback uh, starting in this game, after a, a season of quarterback controversy, and, and now uh, DJ is in the transfer portal and, and finally moving on from Clemson, the, the conversation seems to be settled. He's still a young quarterback. Even though they have those question marks going into this game, because they are an established program, Wes, they are going to have depth. They are going to have talent, like like you mentioned a moment ago. So Although I do think the motivation factor will be there for Tennessee and, th- and that favors Tennessee, it's still a big test just because of how Dabo has has recruited over the years. Uh, although I'll add a, a final point and say I'm, I'm curious to see, though, what Clemson's talent, overall talent as a team and, and overall depth looks like maybe compared to a a Georgia or an Alabama or Ohio State going through this situation uh, because Dabo has some weird recruiting tactics in the sense of not necessarily being all about transfers and, and hasn't been gung-ho about going out and, and getting transfers. I don't believe he's brought in a, a single transfer. Uh, if he has, it's been one or two, but but he is against bringing in transfers. He, he believes in developing the players that he has and, and giving the, the players that he has the opportunities rather than going out and and bringing somebody in he he feels like he owes it to his current players to give them an opportunity that's why you've seen him stump his toe and bang his head against the door over this dj ui ungalale situation is because he is loyal to a fault and, and i do appreciate that uh, about dabble that, that he's willing it, it, to it feels to give his yeah it feels formerish but i i yes and you were around former much more than i was obviously i i was a kid watching on television but um it feels like former to the extreme, like not going out and getting transfers in this day and age is absurd. I don't, I don't know what he's going to do this off season. I know that was a big topic of conversation last off season about Dabo not going out and, and getting transfers. And, and then he, he does other quirky things as well. Doesn't let his committed players go on visits and doesn't offer a thousand scholarships like everybody else in, in college football. So I, I'll be curious to see what their depth, and overall talent looks like given the fact that they'll probably have some opt-outs compared to, to what in Alabama or, or Ohio state or Michigan or, or one of those types of schools would, would look like in, in the same situation. Yeah. There's a lot of odd quirks about that program in a lot of ways and they've had success. So, I mean, you know, they've had more success than, than, than most. So you can't sit here and say it's bad. Um, but there are some weird things in terms of, some of the recruiting decisions and and hiring from within so often and you know do they kind of have are they a little kind of inbred offensively with some of the problems that they're having and and other things and and I'll say this this is my last point um, and I'll say this probably again at least once before the ball game starts but if you're Tennessee and you're given the opportunity every time you get a touchdown every time you get a sack you got to do a flipping burger celebration you have to you have to you have to but only. Only if you are not losing the game at the time. But uh, if you if you are not losing, then go ahead and do that because this is supposed to be fun and that would make me laugh. And isn't that what we're all here for? We're here to be entertained. 
And as I say that, speaking of uh, things that are entertaining, uh, I can see the baby monitor here at the house. I can see that uh, young Hank is up and stirring, and this is about to get ugly, so we're going to have a really, really abrupt ending to this episode. So uh, thanks, Ben, and uh, guys, we will uh, see you in a couple days, and we're going to play the outro. There's that button. And now I can say... Thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals247. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals247, where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think Falls fans will find interesting. Uh, But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the source, go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball. Nobody, and I mean nobody, covers Tennessee baseball the way that we do. Also, no one covers the Lady Vols that we do. The award-winning Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all season long. You can get all of that at GoVols247.com. You've also got access there to two forums that run around the clock, got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with us, with thousands of Tennessee fans across the world, and with us who are on the staff. Uh, and, and no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got, and you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs, and that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent, growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial-free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, You also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That That is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.